I realized that I can no longer bulldoze my way <laughs> into, you know, the results like I did in corporate America because mindset is 90% of the battle at this stage. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And I've had to build my own mindset to start operating in a different way. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business and make it stop running you so you can enjoy your work and your life. I'm Trisha Shortino, the CEO of Belay. And I'm Lisa Zeveld, the COO of Belay. Together, we're TNLZ. We've known each other since 2005. Wow, how can it be that long? And we've had the privilege of working <laughs> together for almost a decade. We have grown a 100% remote business from startup to being recognized on the Inc. 5000 fastest growing list of companies for six years running. Yes, and we have learned a lot along the way and have made some great friends and partners. So for the one next step, we are cashing in some favors to bring you episodes filled with excellent content delivered by some amazing and talented people. And we may have a thing or two to add ourselves. The One Next Step is here to help you on your leadership journey. Each week, we release a new episode answering your questions about running an organization. We will always highlight One Next Step for you to take immediate action and include an activation guide that reinforces what you've heard today. Now we are joined by Kendra Lewis. We will dig into how small businesses and entrepreneurs can begin to think like Fortune 500 companies. All small businesses want to be successful, right? Your business can win today and tomorrow, and we are here to help you do just that. Kendra Lewis is an Atlanta native. She became a mom as a high school senior and faced challenges and negative opinions of others early in her life. Pushing herself to rise above what others said, Kendra worked full-time while going to night school. She faced homelessness and doubt, but Kendra eventually graduated with three degrees, created multiple businesses, and has worked for some of the largest Fortune 500 companies in the world. Yeah, she has an amazing story of dedication and determination paying off. However, working for a fortune company was not her dream. Her mission was to work with small businesses. She wanted to help entrepreneurs launch their ideas into this world. Now join us as we talk with Kendra and she shares her passion to transform small businesses. Oh my gosh, I could not be more excited to have you on here today. Kendra, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. Okay. So we have already done a ton of bragging about you because there is so much to brag about. Um, so I'm going to kind of ask you a silly question, something that maybe not our listeners know about you. So what is your favorite food? And like, where do you find that? Like, do you cook it? Do you go out to get it? So tell our listeners today. Oh my goodness. So I am a foodie, like um, self-proclaimed. Oh. So there's not too much food that I don't like. And it's so funny because I always tell people like, I love to travel, but I really love to travel because I like to eat. Right? So that's, right. that's really like the underlying thing. I would have to say, though, my go to my absolute favorite food is Vietnamese pho. Oh, so wow. I love pho. I could eat it 
every single day. As a matter of fact, I used to eat it every day for lunch. And when I was working at Target Corporate Headquarters, there's a little place in in Minneapolis inside of the Skyways um, called BEP. So shout out to BEP. Some of the best spa I've ever had. And I literally would eat there every day for lunch. And when I had like meetings that I needed to rush through, I would literally get the pho to go and take it back to the meetings. um, (laughs) Not necessarily the most professional food to try to eat (laughs) during a meeting, but I love it. I miss it. And um, I have tried to make it myself and it was an epic fail. So Okay. And so have you found a place here in Atlanta that compares to BIP? I mean... Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Okay. I found some places that could pass a little bit, but <laughs> something about that broth. I think it's the broth. <laughs> there are some foods, I don't know, just hard to replicate at home. For sure. Uh, you know, follow the recipe item by item. Still just doesn't work out. Nope. So. I love that. That was not, that was a very unpredictable <laughs> answer. So I love that you asked that question. <laughs> so it's great. I'm, I'm going to have to travel to Vietnam. That's a fun fact. Yes. Now we just need Bip to sponsor Kendra. So if you're out there listening, she wants it overnight at FedEx. (laughs) Nowadays, anything ships. That's true. It's true. Oh gosh, I love it. Okay, so let's dive into why we are here today to have this great conversation with you. You have the most amazing story and such powerful experiences. So I'm, I'm so looking forward to hearing your advice and kind of talking through today's topic. And I would love to just start out, you know, with the simple question, like what is the most powerful thing a business owner can do for their business? Oh, goodness. We started out with the top one here. We're going <laughs> We're just right. going straight yeah. for it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what? The most powerful thing that a business owner can do is to honor their journey. honor their journey and I know that's loaded but whether you're you know in your beginning phases or whether you are at that what I call like the big business phase when you start having big girl problems and we can talk more about that later but Mm -hmm. whatever stage you're at you will be a much better CEO if you honor your journey and the steps that you need to take to get where Mm -hmm. you need to go and I see a lot of business owners struggle with the, honestly, the spiral of comparison, Mm. right? And that's because we're not honoring our own journey. We're trying to drive in someone else's lane. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I love that. You did not answer that question lightly either. So like, you were like, oh, we're going deep. And you were like, okay, (laughs) I'm going to one up you. Like, here's my answer. (laughs) Like, that's, that's really good. Because I think that so often we see that, you know, here within our business, and even just being a leader, that it's really easy to go, I'm not as successful as Mm-hmm. this person, right? Because I'm viewing it like we're all on different paths, different timelines. Like you're not going to come in tomorrow and do my job and be exactly like me. You're not supposed to be, you weren't created to be me. Absolutely. So that, that's really, that's really profound. Thank you. Yeah. I think so much comes, I think everything else falls into place after you do that, because if you honor your journey, you'll honor that like there are going to be some things you have to do that are going to pull you out of your comfort zone. Right. Like if you honor your journey, 
you will honor the vision that you were given. Just like you said, like you can't do somebody else's thing. They weren't built to do that. Yeah, (laughs) They can't do it. Um, So you'll be able to tackle all of the hard stuff that comes along your way if you focus on literally honoring that journey and saying, I am going the path that was made for me. Yeah. Do you find that you actually have to help people find out what that journey is? Like they come with a big idea. Mm -hmm. Like, so maybe they're just starting out or maybe they've been in it two or three years and feel like they're on someone else's path. Like, do you actually sit them down and be like, okay, hold on. Or like, how do you get them to the place where they can actually articulate what that journey is supposed to look like for them? That is an amazing question. So yes, the the short answer is yes. And as a part of my journey, I've had to learn that that's something that I have to do. Mm-hmm. I, I have to realize sometimes I have blinders on because in my previous life, I was like able to go and bulldoze my way into these big companies, into corporate America, because they were asking me to come bulldoze my way through. Not realizing that those places already had certain things set in place. They already had foundation. They already had structure. They already had things moving along. And I was just coming to either launch something new in a something that was already stable or to create, you know, to fix something that needed to be fixed in these big environments. Well, when I switched to working with solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and small businesses, I realized that I can no longer bulldoze my way (laughs) into, you know, the results like I did in corporate America because mindset is 90% of the battle at this stage. Yeah. Right. And I've had to build my own mindset to start operating in a different way. Yeah. So how does a small business owner get into the mindset of large corporations? Great question. <laughs> so what we're here for today. Yes. You know what? I think the first thing is I always talk about step one is like having that vision mm-hmm. of the big corporation, which actually starts with that's the initial mindset you have to have as a new CEO, right? If you can't envision yourself there, if you're being your own limiter, Right. If you are saying that, like, this is just going to be a little thing that I'm just going to do and like keep it in the shadows. Like that is about how big your business is going to be. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right? Yeah. Because a lot of us and I, I can put myself in the same boat. A lot of us have not seen this modeled in our circles before. Mm -hmm. right we haven't seen like we don't have a lot of us don't come from like being able to see someone in our family or in our immediate circle that's like an uber successful multi-million dollar entrepreneur that is at the head of a fortune 500 company right so it's really that first thing that first step into really shifting into your your inner fortune 500 company is that you have to be bold enough to envision it Right. Yeah. Yeah. We say a lot around here at Belay that we want to be operating at a level that's millions beyond where we are today from a revenue perspective. So Mm -hmm. like we want to operate as if and lead as if we're a hundred million dollar organization, even when we're not, Um, Mm -hmm. because right, we're kind of, we're seeing it into the future and preparing ourselves for that level of corporate growth and strategy that goes into ourselves and developing to be ready 
for one that were that size. Absolutely. And it's so difficult to, I think what a lot of people don't understand is like, it is very difficult to build that plane while it's already flying. So I know my team, like when we had our, um, or let me pull back, like when I started growing exponentially, I had to go ahead and prepare for that next big milestone mm-hmm. because I was like, first of all, this just kicked my butt, right? <laughs> like, yeah. and so I'm not doing this again, neither can I do it again well, right? So right. even though I'm not mm-hmm. there, I wasn't there yet, I immediately started building that foundation. So the next go round when I knew it was going to be even bigger, we would have some things into place. And then I had to bring a team on to do that. And now my team is like, we're not not doing this mess again. (laughs) Like before we do it the next Mm -hmm. time, we have to go back and now build the infrastructure for our next level. Yeah. And that's what big companies are doing all of the time. They're always building for the future. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And I was going to say, I think that's what I love about your platform is because you did have that experience at these large Fortune 500 companies that when you go to create your own business, you have that experience. But Mm -hmm. so often, right, people from certain circles may not have the experience, but they have the passion and they Mm -hmm. have the idea to do it, don't have the resources and don't even know how to create the plan. So it's like this weird dichotomy of they are still trying to run the business and get the business off the ground. They know that they might want to be a $100 million company someday, but they don't even have a blueprint for that. Mm. And I really think that's cool that that's where you're able to come in is to help folks create that blueprint of what it feels like to strategize because they may not have the skill set to do that. So I'd, I'd love for you to unpack that a little bit. What does it look like for you to take a new entrepreneur or somebody who's young in their journey and see and learn how to strategize like a Fortune 500 while still operating the business. <laughs> because tactical versus strategic is two different skill sets. Very, very different skill sets. And not unfortunately, but like the thing is, when you sign up for entrepreneurship, you have to master both. Or you have to bring someone in that can master both of them. For, <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Um, because you don't have the power of an army behind you like big companies do to fill in your gaps. Okay. Um, So I would say the first thing is, you know, when I work with a a newbie, it really is finding out what their motivations are Mm. and what they really want. I think what I see with new business owners a lot and even people that are transitioning from, you know, their nine to five transitioning from corporate America into entrepreneurship is understanding like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. Right. Because here's the deal. A lot of people have gotten into this kind of popcorn mentality or like, you know, the phrase I always use is like, we get fooled by what's out here in these internet streets. And we think that we see overnight success stories Mm -hmm. and we aspire to that. And we say, oh, they got their millions by being a business owner. So I need to do that too. I need to start a business. And what I find is that a lot of times if you're doing that, you're doing it for the wrong reasons and you're building something that's not authentic to you. So my first step is to really understand like, what do you want and what is your calling? 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So the luxury handbag is not enough to create a business. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Well, I mean, don't throw the handbag under the bus while you're at it, please. (laughs) Right. I mean, because on on the streets of of the social media Internet, I mean, you're seeing, you know, if, if you're a gentleman out there listening, you're seeing somebody pulling up in a fancy car and you're like, that's why I want to start a business. You know, for us, for us ladies, we might want the fancy car. That was my motivation. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it could also be the, the handbags, but that's not going to keep you moving forward. Well, no. Sustain. Right. No. Right. And purpose, purpose, mission, fulfillment. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. You have to have that like intrinsic internal calling. If you will. That is the calling Then I always, I always tell people like, don't come to me if this is not your calling. Yeah. Right. Because it may work for a little while, but it won't work in the long run. And that's a true story. Somebody can refute me if they want to this listening, <laughs> but I used to run into this a lot when I first started. So my platform, when I started was showing businesses how to get funded and to mm. get credit without using their personal credit. Well, like people saw that I was being successful with that and saw that like I was making some, you know, good money with that. And then it became, how can you teach me how to do this too? I want to build business credit. I want to show people how to do this. I want to teach people like you do. And I'm like, what in your life experience has prepared you for this? Right. Mm. (laughs) Right, right. So is this something that you're good at? And that you are trying to get more knowledge on, or is this something that you saw me do? And you said, yeah. you know what? She does this, so I can probably do it too. Yeah. <laughs> Copycat syndrome. Copycat yeah. syndrome. Yeah, business yeah. is hard. So if it is mm-hmm. not your passion and you don't have a good why and a vision, I mean, at the first hard thing that comes your way, the first hill, the first pandemic, mm-hmm. boom, you're out of business because it's actually not in your heart. Yeah. To keep on going. You'll fall right off the wagon. A lot of people don't know this. So this is behind the scene in big companies because there's so much going on. We oftentimes in strategic planning have to do an activity called core and non-core. Mm-hmm. activities. And this is an exercise that big companies go through and say like, what is our actual core thing that we need to do? What is our core competency? Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to keep revisiting that because as new people come in with all these ideas, they'll start bolting on a whole bunch of stuff and bolting on some more. And it's like, but this is not actually what this company does. Right. Right. And so you'll forget what you're actually good at and what you're supposed to do because everyone is piled on all of these shiny objects. Mm-hmm. I love that. So what is the frequency? Like how often is that like an annual check in quarterly? Like what would you recommend, you know, organizationally you kind of, you know, sit down and say, OK, are we doing what we are called to do and are supposed to be doing right now? Absolutely. I would say at least annually. At least annually. And I think because a year gives you some time to like test things out. And if you need to course correct, right, that course correction comes from the top. So like you should always be able to look at your company's mission statement and say, like, am I doing what I said it was I actually do? (laughs) Right. Right. Or did the first time that thing that I did didn't work, I decided to throw it away and start doing something else. And then that one didn't work either. And so I started doing something else. It's like (laughs) you didn't give your thing time to work. 
<laughs> oh, we've made that mistake. We, oh, yes. we made that mistake in the early days. Same. We would say, we don't like how this looks. We're going to make a change. And then three <laughs> months later, we're like, it's not making a difference. Let's make another change. <laughs> Meanwhile, three months is not enough time to know if anything is worth anything. No. So um, <laughs> we've learned over the years that anytime we make a pretty drastic change organizationally, we need to give it a minute <laughs> mm-hmm. before we, we, you know, we make a... Um, too quick to judge decision on its success or failure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. My team, we had a little, we had our um, first annual or first quarterly plancation with my team. That's something that. Oh, I like um, that term. Like plancation. Yes. Steal that. Yes. We can <laughs> plagiarize that one. <laughs> Take it. You can use it. <laughs> and it's so funny because I. You know, another thing that I always have to say is like, once you have the vision, you have to start putting some action behind it. Right. So when I decided that, you know, I am going to carry myself and my business like a Fortune 500 company, when I was still a solopreneur, I did my first plantation by myself in February. Mm-hmm. I went to Chateau Alain for a week and locked myself in the room and ordered overpriced room service and overpriced <laughs> wine. And um, I came out with an entire plan for 2020. Yeah, and yeah. that is something that I'm like every year in corporate America, we had an annual planning process. I'm going to do that for my business, even if I'm by myself. And now it's something that now that I have a team we're doing it quarterly. Um, but I said all that to say in our plantation, our team, we made some hard decisions and we decided to get rid of some offers that we learned from and we launched this year and it didn't work out. And we all agree that, OK, this is what we're doing for 2021 and we're not touching it again until 2022. Like right. we're going to let it run for 2021. It's no more flip flopping, no more this like we got to see what happens. Yeah, I love the theme of what we've been talking about today, because I think at its core, the difference between a young business, a solopreneur, a small business, is that they're a little too reactionary at time. And they don't think like that big Fortune 500 company, because those Fortune 500 companies are planning Mm -hmm. ahead. And so I think that's a great takeaway today, is that really, they have to learn how to plan, even if... It's a solopreneur and it's just them and they're just locked in Chateau Alain <laughs> here outside of Atlanta. For those of you who might not know where that's at here, ordering overpriced room service because not only do they need to do it, but they actually deserve to do it. And I think that's really hard for a lot of solopreneurs to put themselves in a position where they actually think they deserve anything because they're in that grind stage, just grinding and grinding and grinding and not realizing yes. that they have and to. wearing all the hats. Yeah. Right? They're like doing all of the things. They're the marketer. They're the salesperson. They're the administrator. They're the vision caster. You are all oh, the man. things when you're at that level. So to, to take a minute and step away to have a plantation probably in the feels like it's selfish or can't be done or shouldn't be done or mm-hmm. it's flippant, but actually it's the most important thing you can do. And I think t- for me, that's the, the takeaway of all this sure. conversation so far is that, you know, being strategic and um, having a plan is how you think like a Fortune 500 company. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say another big thing that I see 
Ooh, well, this okay. is, I'm, I'm about to get. Well, we are the most practical business podcast, yeah. so we're ready. Yes, we're ready yes. for it. Look, I'm about to get round yes. up now. Like, I'm just, yeah. You know, I was we're just, just getting get, we're just getting warmed up. up. Yeah. That's right. Ooh, I hear this so much. So, like for everybody listening, lean in real close. <laughs> this idea in corporate America, we call this tops down versus bottoms up planning, right? As entrepreneurs, and this is not just newbies, this is seasoned entrepreneurs, this is, we have a tendency to live in the bottoms up land. And I'll explain what that means. We see a course that comes across us online and it's like, oh, learn how to write emails. We're like, oh, let me grab that. And then we get a course. It's like, oh, learn how to start a podcast. Let me get that. Oh, and we get find something, how to run Facebook ads and how to do this thing, how to do that thing. And then we get all of this information and we're like, I don't know what to do, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Because yeah. we've hoarded all of the things. Well, here's the thing. All of these things seem confusing because they're not laddering up to any overall strategy. Right. And so like, listen up business owners, the way you should do it is say, this is overall what our goals are. These are the things that we need to get to our goals. Then you figure out what your gaps are And then you go get the course or the coach or that to fill in your gaps. Yeah. That is what big companies do. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You don't just do all the things, like not all the shiny nickels. You don't just grab every interesting thing that you think would be great to know. You actually strategically decide what are the things you need to learn. Exactly. Love it. Oh, wow. Well, that is a perfect spot to end. I know I'm getting warmed up too, Kendra. So we're going to, we might have to continue the conversation offline. You have just brought so much goodness to our listeners today. Thank you for being real and authentic and, um, you know, really giving, (laughs) giving our listeners, you know, like we said before, we like to joke about being the most practical business podcast, but there's a lot of theory out there. And we want to help all businesses be able to grow. I like to say there's enough money out there for everybody. Hello. So let's help, right? Let's help each other grow, get bigger, and um, and help some of these great ideas get to be great big ideas. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. And um, I'm super excited for our giveaway, which is your big business checklist. Yes. that That's pretty cool <laughs> that you're willing to give that to our listeners. So thank you so much. And uh, it was a pleasure talking with you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be able to talk to you guys. And, you know, I hope this helps someone today. So thank you for having it me. It will. Thanks, Kendra. Wow, Kendra was a great guest today. What a great reminder. We have certainly been down that road before. We have learned a lesson or two about paying too much attention to the shiny nickel and getting a little distracted and maybe veered off plan or veered off strategy. We have absolutely, sometimes when you have so many opportunities coming at you, it's hard to say no um, and avoid what looks so interesting, exciting. But I love how she talked about really remembering to bring it all back to and evaluating at least annually, like, what are we in business to do here? What is our mission? Are we on task? Have we veered off track? Have we created a flood out of a river? Um, So I really love that she focused on really remembering to remain focused on what it is you're out to do. And we have certainly learned that lesson throughout the years. So if somebody could learn that 
many years earlier than it took us to learn it, then right. bless it. That's my takeaway yeah. <laughs> for you all is, is focus on bringing it back around and making sure you're doing the right things. Yeah. Yeah. And and to kind of go a step further is like if you have a, a smaller staff, right? So maybe it's you or maybe you and say just a handful of people that sometimes you feel like you have to do everything and so I liked how she said, like, you know, the, the, the bottoms up, like you all of a sudden think you need to be the best social media strategist out there. You mm-hmm. think you still need to be planning your travel. Like you're trying to learn uh, how to build a website when you don't need to. And so I think part of that, of learning to be, you know, a river, not a flood, is finding those gaps and filling them with people or filling that with a skill set and not trying to do it all yourself, because then you'll just get overwhelmed and you'll lose that focus. And that's, I think, ultimately how you become a flood. Yeah, I mean, and not to make this a glorifying ad for for belay, but that was a foundational aspect to how this organization was built. So our owners, Brian and Shannon, from the first day, they were offloading the Mm -hmm. things and trying not to be the experts and all the things. And I think we've learned how to do that from the beginning because of them, that if we are distracted by trying to be the expert in email management and the expert in Facebook ads, then we can't be strategic. We can't focus on growing the business. We get get stuck in the weeds. So at the end of the day, it's a core principle of delegation, which is, you know, know. what we (laughs) preach a lot at Belay is you you cannot nor should you try and do it all. If you want to be big, you have to think big. And in order to think big, you have to get out of the weeds. Totally. You have to delegate. Yeah. Oh, delegate. Such a great, such a great tie-in to what Kendra's message yeah. is. You know, yeah. If, if you're going to continue to think small and try to do it all yourself, you'll never be big. Amen. Yeah. All right. Well, we know what time it is. It is time for the one next step. As the most practical business podcast, we want to make sure taking action isn't overwhelming to you. So, with each episode, we're going to offer you one next step to propel you and your business forward. Today's next step is to download this episode's activation guide, which includes the big business checklist. It is a list of tips inspired by our fabulous guest, Kendra J. Lewis, to help you think and act big even if you're small. Print it. Then use it to remind yourself of what you must do to develop a big business mindset. If you're ready to eliminate the beliefs and behaviors limiting your growth, well, this activation guide will help you. Oh, I wish I had that a few years ago. (laughs) That is fabulous. Okay, so to download it now, text the phrase One Next Step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com. When you request today's guide, you're also going to receive a summary of today's episode, which includes key quotes and takeaways and links to resources mentioned in the episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of One Next Step. We hope you enjoyed what you're hearing from us. And now we want to hear from you. So head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever your listening platform is and leave us a review. We created this podcast to help you lead your team and grow your business. So guess what? We read every single one of them. Until next time, own your journey. It's your life and your business. It's up to you to create the life and organization you want. Join us next week for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Start by making today count. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. 
Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.